Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. We're keeping it real. Goes right. Welcome back to Real Take Sports Talk 77, live here on YouTube and across the airwaves on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts today. I am your host, as always, the fabulous Omer Q. We have so much to talk about today in this wonderful, wacky, wide world week, week, there we go, in sports. Um, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about the NBA Finals, which, of course, are starting tonight. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you'll probably be listening to this after the game. But worry not, because what I say will almost certainly be... 100% relevant by the time you hear it because it's only going to be game one and I'm going to get kind of give an overview of what I think the series is going to be and some of the directions it could take and, and whatnot. So we'll talk about the NBA finals. We'll talk about some of the news out of the National Football League. Of course, the tragic passing of Marion Barber this week. We're also going to be talking about the uh, retirement of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he is this week's Happy Trails. We're also going to be talking about my snowflake of the week. All that and much, much more coming up right here on Real Take Sports Talk. In the meantime, everyone, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. I want to start things off by talking about the NBA Finals because... We know that that is the biggest thing that everyone's looking forward to. The NBA Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. A matchup that was actually, I think, I think I, I did a poll like way back when and then during a live stream. And there were a lot of people who said that this would be the matchup. It was either going to be Warriors-Bucks or Warriors-Celtics. And you could really argue that... That Eastern, uh, that Eastern uh, semifinal round was really going to be determine who would end up in the NBA Finals facing the Golden State Warriors, who it seemed like the second that they got up on the Memphis Grizzlies, that like it was decided they were going to win. And I'm saying that as a person who whose favorite basketball player right now is Luka Doncic. I think that Luka Doncic is the future of the league. I think actually no. Luka Doncic is the present of the league. Going into 2023, there will be, sorry, the 2022-2023 season, there's going to be no one that's going to be hotter. There's not going to be no one that's going to be better than Luka Doncic. The only issue that remains with Luka is the fact that he is essentially doing everything by himself. But we'll talk about Luka at a certain point. Liam's in the chat. Hello, Liam says, Viva the Warriors. Well, let's talk about this. The Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors are set to do battle live tonight. By the way, tune into our live coverage of Game 1 starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Liam, I believe for you that is somewhere around 3 a.m. Uh, but tune in. Why not? But we're going to be talking about the game. We're going to be uh, reacting to it and doing all that stuff. But the NBA Finals between the Boston Celtics, Golden State Warriors. Again, the, you could argue that this is the best matchup that we could have possibly drawn. You have the Boston Celtics, which is a defensive juggernaut. They have the reigning defending defensive player of the year in Marcus Smart. Jason Tatum has taken his game to a whole different level. Uh, you have, you've seen the elevation of Jalen Brown into a third superstar on this team. Al Horford's done a lot. Pritchard, this dude, Pritchard, came out of nowhere in my eyes and has just been taking over games. He's got that he's got that playoff blood in him. You know, he will he be the guy in the regular season to? Do those kind of performances consistently? No. 
In the playoffs, though, he's a fighter. And there's a bunch of guys throughout history that have been like that. Think Mike Miller. Think James Jones. Uh, think Matthew Dellavedova. Did they ever really show up during the regular season for more than maybe a year? No. But when it came playoff time, when it came finals time, when it came Eastern Conference, Western Conference finals time, they were always there. They were always ready. They were always making the big shot. And in Mike Miller's case, he did it a few times in the NBA Finals. I believe one game he had like 25 points in almost in the fourth quarter. So you need those type of players on your team to, one, advance this far, but also win. And having that depth is really necessary when you're going up against a team like the Golden State Warriors who have stars in abundance. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green on defense. And then you got to worry about Moody. Then you got to worry about uh, Poole. Then you have to worry about Andrew Wiggins. And the list goes on and on and on. You could argue these are the two most depthed teams. Depthed isn't a word, but these are the teams with the highest depth in uh, in both of the conferences. Like, and that's why they made it this far. Neither of them are really super teams. Although, no, that's a lie. Warriors are a super super team for sure. They're just a homegrown super team, which actually is even crazier. The fact that they got to this level, but. The Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics is the most interesting matchup that we could have asked for. Yes, Giannis Antetokounmpo would have been fun to watch. It's fun to see if Giannis could take on the entire Warriors by himself and with a little help from Chris Middleton company. But I think this is the most evenly matched we could have asked, or as evenly matched as you could have had against the Warriors. Because I have been on record since day one. I said, if Klay Thompson is healthy, I said this before the season, if Klay Thompson is healthy... And he, he's playing, let's say, 80 to 90% of where he was before the injury. It's over. Not even close. No one's beating the Warriors. Now, the Celtics are a team that do give me pause. But I do have concerns with the Celtics about sustained momentum. Because one thing we saw in that Miami Heat series was it flipped around a lot. Celtics were up by 20. They'd be down by 20. One uh, one game, they'd be up by 20. One game, they'd be down by 20. Another, they would be down by 20 in the first quarter, come back all the way back into the fourth quarter, and then blow and then blow uh, their comeback in the end. Now, can the Boston Celtics finish? Yes, they've proven that they could finish. But can they finish against this team? I really don't think so. I think the Warriors just have too much. They are too OP to be beaten. I want this on record, and if I'm wrong, I'm going to be as happy as a camper. You know why? Because that means we we'll, we will have seen a great series. And at the end of the day, as a fan, that's what it's about. Yes, of course, it's about my team winning, but my team's never going to win without LeBron. So let's just leave it at that. Golden State Warriors winning the NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics. Who, by the way, this is a story for Boston. Boston has not been back to the Finals. Since the Paul Pierce days, the KG days, I think it was the 20, 2009 finals, the ones where they went off uh, with, with Kobe and the, the incredible series against Kobe and the Lakers, forced a game seven, and Kobe Bryant did what Kobe Bean Bryant does. RIP that man. But Celtics Warriors, I'm taking the Celtics, and I'm taking them in five games. So, yeah, I'm taking them in five games. Did I say Celtics or Warriors? I'm taking the Warriors. That's what I meant. Warriors. I'm taking the Warriors in five games. Uh, and hey, prove me wrong, Celtics. Prove me wrong. 
again, if the Celtics do end up winning this series, that will have meant we have seen a tremendous series. Hopefully no one gets hurt. That's the one thing that I that I really want want to see though. Because actually I should have mentioned this. Because the the Golden State Warriors, one of the things, the biggest criticisms you can levy their way is that their titles, right? You could argue that their titles, a lot of them, most of them actually, happened without Kate when other players were injured. You look at that 2014 team, that 2014 Cavs team, who were they missing? They were missing Kevin Love. They were missing Kyrie Irving. And that was the only time we saw them without with the Warriors without KD win. KD comes, and then they lost the next year in, in that incredible series of the Cavs. Greatest series of my life. They come back next year. They have KD. They go up against LeBron and, and the Cavs. They swamp them. The next year after that in 2018, one more time. They do it, but against a team that... Really, LeBron carried through the East, which at the time was an easy thing to do. But then by the time that they got there, it was just no chance that the, the Cavs were going to win. There, were, there was no chance that, that my Cleveland Cavaliers were going to win that series. And everybody knew it. LeBron even knew it. But we'll see what happens. Liam in the chat asks, is the game tonight? Yes, the game is tonight, and we will be live for game one of the NBA Finals tonight. The Boston Celtics taking on the Golden State Warriors right here at youtube.com forward slash Real Take Sports. Be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Let's pick things up and move on to our next topic. Uh, and this is more of a serious topic. I know we like to get lighthearted. I know we like to talk about things that might be, you know, a little a little funny in some ways. But uh, this is a very serious thing because we're going to be talking about Deshaun Watson. So we have an update on the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, Deshaun Watson's accusers have spoken out. And in addition to that, on Tuesday, a woman filed a new lawsuit against quarterback Deshaun Watson becoming the 23rd woman to do so and it might not be the last according to a Texas attorney uh, who is representing these women saying that Deshaun Watson could face a 24th accuser and they are going to be bringing that case up soon this comes shortly after two of the women who originally accused Deshaun Watson appeared on Real Sports with Brian Gumble. Uh, it was Ashley Solis and Kayla Hayes. They were they told their story, and on the show they both shared their disgust that the the Cleveland Browns would pay Deshaun Watson. They would they would reward Deshaun Watson with such an exorbitant contract, even after these allegations came to light. And it really begs the question that everyone's been asking: Was it right for the Cleveland Browns? To give Deshaun Watson that contract. And the answer is no. It's a very simple answer. No. And I know there's going to be a lot of people who disagree with that. But when you look at this case. And if you followed this case from the beginning. If you take out your own biases of. Oh someone's out to get him. You take out your own biases of. Oh my God, Deshaun Watson is. This is all part of a bigger game. I know that that was a big thing. It's all part of a bigger game. The Texans not wanting to trade him. They traded him. 
You take all that crap away, and you're left with a situation where Deshaun Watson has had 24 women, uh, 23 women now come up and accuse him of doing something wrong, accuse him of uh, some sort of at least sexual misconduct. When you have that many women accusing you, or you have, when you have that many people in general accusing you of doing something wrong, odds are you probably did something wrong. Where there's this much smoke, the chances of there not being a flame are very, very minimal. And I know Deshaun Watson has maintained his innocence. And do I know exactly what happened? Am I going to pretend like I know exactly what happened in this situation? No. That does not mean that I'm going to absolve Deshaun Watson of any blame. That does not mean that we should we shouldn't uh, we should absolve Deshaun Watson from any blame. The fact of the matter is, Deshaun Watson is being accused of doing inappropriate things that brought the NFL, that brought himself, and brought anyone who went near him in a PR from a PR standpoint into a bad light. For a while, we've been talking about the NFL having an image problem. For a while, we've been talking about the NFL having a problem where they don't know how to handle these cases. And I've talked very at length about the Rob Manfred situation with MLB and how Rob Manfred is an incompetent commissioner. One thing that Rob Manfred did right was with the Trevor Bauer situation. One thing that he did right was he said, all right, you're... I." There is enough public evidence to know that you did something wrong and you're not playing. You're just not playing. If the NFL, if Roger Goodell has any guts after seeing what we've seen, after hearing what we've heard, anyone who legitimately sits down and watches that real sports interview, anyone who legitimately sits down and does their research about the details of this case, legitimately Sit down. Don't be on your phones tweeting about it. Don't be on your phones being, oh my God, look at this one thing that I found. Oh, look at what, what, what. No. Let, sit down. Hear them out. Do your, do your own research. And genuinely come to a conclusion. The conclusion that I've come to is very simple. That Sean Watson should not be playing at least in the 2022 NFL season. He should not have gotten this much money. Because here's the thing. One of the problems that the NFL faces is time after time after time, you have these players who do something that is universally panned in our society, whether it be assault, whether it be sexual misconduct, whether it be something more serious. And very seldomly are they dealt with swiftly and in a way that really satisfies, uh, that, that, that really in a way that they really deserve. Look at the Reuben Foster situation, I believe it was, right? Reuben Foster, he was accused of some really, really bad stuff. I believe it was uh, domestic violence, right? He was accused of domestic violence. Reuben Foster, by the way, was a talented linebacker. But what happened? He gets he, these, these, these domestic violence stuff happens. He, and He's immediately, after he's released, claimed off waivers. He immediately got a second chance. And 
like that situation, what this situation tells NFL players is you can do whatever you want and they will pay you for it. They will reward you. That is what happened with this situation with Deshaun Watson. He obviously did something wrong. And they still rewarded him for it. The Cleveland Browns were that desperate, apparently, for a quarterback. That desperate that they rewarded someone being accused of sexual misconduct by at least 23 women. And I know there are people who are going to say, what does this have to do with sports? Everything. Because this is about the culture of sports. This is about what we want our sports to be. Do we want do we want people to be to feel like they can do whatever they want to do and there are no repercussions for their actions or do we want them to genuinely be good people use their platform for good and make money in doing so I think we all want the latter the issue is we in football especially there just seems to be this thing of no matter what your talent outweighs everything like genuinely Ray Rice and Aaron Hernandez, and that is not me comparing what those two did, because, like, one is obviously, uh, like, Aaron Hernandez murdered someone, okay? But those are the only two instances where I've seen, well, actually, even with the Aaron Hernandez situation, it was out of their hands, because he went, went straight to jail. With the Ray Rice situation, they knew that that video was out there about Ray Rice. They knew the video was out there, and still they suspended him for, what was it, four games, but then the video was became public, and they and the NFL was like, oh well, maybe we should do something about this. All right, indefinitely suspended, never played again. The NFL needs to learn at some point that they do have power in this. They do have some say. It's your league. It's your league. But hey, I guess he I guess we just want talented players. We want the players to play. We want talented players to play, right? This is what it is. At the end of the day, it's all about money. It has nothing to do with whether or not we have we have justice. It has nothing to do whether or not we have players, we have people who don't hurt people. It has nothing to do with any of that. It only, at the end of the day, the one thing that matters most to NFL owners to coaches, to the entire system, the culture, this is the 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 system that is set up in the NFL is money. That is it. The almighty dollar. That's all they care about, and nothing emphasizes that more, I believe, than the Deshaun Watson situation. Like it is, it is absurd. It is just, it is just absurd for the Cleveland Browns to do what they did. To be that desperate. For, hey, let's not just mention, like, let's not forget about the fact that in addition to paying him $230 million fully guaranteed, on top of that, they pay, they gave away, like, what was it, two, three first-round picks? They mortgaged their entire future and a boatload of money for Deshaun Watson. I, again, it is, it's one of those things, right? It's one of those things where we all know the dirty little secret. We all know the dirty little secret that, that this is all about money and winning at the end of the day. But at a certain point, I think we all have to realize and think about at what point 
are we willing to put our own morals and justice ahead of winning? Like, at what point? I, that's just me. That's just me. Let me know what you guys think, though, in the chat. Hit that like button. Subscribe. And hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. we got daily videos on the daily about the NFL, the NBA, and much, much more. Also, if you're a wrestling fan, be sure to go to YouTube.com forward slash Real Take Wrestling to get your fix on all things professional wrestling. Let's move on and talk about, you know, it's, it's ironic. I was talking about how Deshaun Watson probably shouldn't be playing football for something that uh, he likely did. And now we're talking about Colin Kaepernick, who literally has been blackballed from the sport of football for something that he did that didn't hurt anybody. But it, except it did hurt some people's egos. That's what it did, I guess. It hurt some people's egos and their little snowflake feelings. Let's talk about it, though. So a lot has been made about Colin Kaepernick's recent tryout with the Las Vegas Raiders. We know that the former San Francisco 49er and pro bowler worked out with the Raiders. Reports are that that workout went well. And it's got a lot of people asking, what is the status of Kaepernick moving forward? And does he deserve a spot or a chance, at least, to be on an NFL roster? Now, I've spoken about this before, but I really want to hone in on the question of, does he deserve a shot in the NFL? Because you could make an argument that Colin Kaepernick doesn't deserve to be a starter. 100%. And I'd agree with you. I don't think Colin Kaepernick should be a starter. Genuinely. You know why? The main thing is, I don't know what Colin Kaepernick can or can't do. Do I have an idea about what he can and can't do? Yes. And the, it's just it's precisely that idea of what he can and can't do that makes me want to give him an opportunity. I think... It would be it would behoove any team, genuinely behoove any team, to give Colin Kaepernick a chance to play. Because we talked, we just talked about a player in Deshaun Watson, right? We just talked about a player in Deshaun Watson who, despite everything surrounding him currently, got paid and is going to play in all likelihood. Yet in this Colin Kaepernick situation. We know that he's been working out. We know that he's been working out with Jim Harbaugh, who has basically taken him under his wing at this point. You can see he was throwing at the Michigan Pro Day. Uh, he's been keeping in shape. He's determined to come back. And I think more so than he has been in the past. I have had my critiques previously about whether or not I thought Kaepernick wanted to play football. And I think those critiques at this point are null and void because he's proven by doing this tryout, by coming out and doing the work that he wants to be back in the NFL. And at this point, if he doesn't get back in, it has nothing to do with him. It didn't have anything to do with him in the beginning either because he was blackballed. It, like, that's just, this is boom, non-factor. We know he was blackballed for taking a knee. That's what it was. He was blackballed for taking a knee, for doing something that hurt nobody, for expressing his First Amendment right. That's what it was. Whether you agreed with it or not. That, that is a fact, and nothing can change that. The argument that Colin Kaepernick does not deserve a chance to play in the NFL was completely null and void, by the way, when Tim Tebow got a chance to play at tight end last year with the Jaguars. Completely null and void. It was off the table. You're telling me Tim Tebow, 
who, by the way, I love Tim Tebow. I absolutely love Tim Tebow as a player. Like, he was one of my favorite players in college and in the pros. But you're telling me, Tim Tebow, who wasn't even playing football for like five years. Six years, actually. He wasn't playing football for like five, six years. He was playing baseball, completely different sport. They said, hey, let's let's give him a shot here. You're telling me that that guy deserved a shot at tight end more than Kaepernick deserves a shot, an opportunity to prove himself at quarterback in at a time where we have people like Nathan Peter meme. Yeah, I called him Peter meme. Nathan Peter meme on rosters at a time where where the Raiders specifically, who are their backups right now? It's Jason uh, Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham is the backup quarterback. You're telling me Kaepernick can't compete with Jared Stidham? No offense to Jared Stidham, but Jared Stidham, come on. What, what are we talking about here? Colin Kaepernick, in his final year in the league, in his final year with the 49ers, threw for 16 touchdowns and four interceptions in, I believe, 11 games. Was his team bad? Oh, yeah, that team around him was god-awful. And they went, like, what was it, 2-14 and 14 that year. But the problems weren't necessarily with Kaepernick. The problems were with the head coach. The problems were with the scheming. And the problems really, at the end of the day, were with the talent of the entire team just not being good. And I'm sick of this narrative. There's this narrative that that Colin Kaepernick in his final year proved that he can't play in the NFL. Are, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Mike Glennon is playing in the NFL. Mike Glennon is still getting paid in the NFL. If Mike Glennon's good enough to be on a roster when we know he can't even come into situations and and, and be a viable backup. He can't even come into situations and be a viable emergency quarterback. He has proven that he is incapable of doing anything. You're telling me that Colin Kaepernick, given a training camp, given a preseason, can't do better? Absolutely outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. And genuinely, if you still believe that Colin Kaepernick isn't good enough or doesn't isn't good enough to get a shot at a training camp, if you genuinely believe that, there is no way I can take any football opinion you have seriously. Like, it's absolutely outrageous, dude. You have Mike Glennon. Like, come on. You the, the amount the amount of Mason Ru- Rudolph the red nosed reindeer come on now, I'm I'm done I'm done I'm done trying to hide from the fact that this is about football. It's not about football. It's strictly strictly about w- people's feelings. It's strictly strictly about people's feelings towards what he did, and which was express his first amendment right hurt nobody and and talk about the fact that hey maybe just maybe we need to treat people better in this country say what you want las vegas raiders it's in your hands i'm just saying jared said if kaepernick goes out and proves that he can't play that's one thing, right? Then he will have proved that he can't play. But he has, but at this point, there there is little evidence to suggest that that is the case.
especially when you have his mobility, you have his raw athleticism. You're telling me you can't use him as the Raiders in the same kind of package that you had Marcus Mariota in? Bare minimum? He's incapable? He forgot how to play football? Is that what you're telling me? He forgot how to play football in, in, in just those few years? Nah. Nah. See, that's where you lose me. That's where you lose me if you're if you're of the opinion that Colin Kaepernick doesn't deserve a shot. I have yet to hear a legitimate point being made uh, in favor of that argument. No one has no one has actually given me a legitimate point that Colin Kaepernick doesn't deserve to have an opportunity to play. I'm not saying be a starter. I'm not saying make an NFL roster. I'm talking about an opportunity to play because there are we see we draft people. There are people who are drafted based off of potential alone. People spend first round picks, invest millions of dollars, invest years into their, into their development, whether or not they're going to be good, not knowing whether or not they're going to be good. You're telling me we can't, but like, it's not like Kaepernick's going to get paid. He's going to be probably making the veteran minimum. And you're telling me what, a team's not willing to invest that? Into trying him as a quarterback, into trying, into having him as an arm? Nah, miss me with that. Absolute miss me with that BS. Like, it, it is, it's outrageous. And that's just a real take. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine. But give me an argument. People have, people, you want to cry about it in the comment section? Go ahead. You want to talk, you want to tell me that I'm a liberal snowflake? Go ahead. Give me an argument as to why he can't play. A legitimate argument that I have not disproven just now in, in my monologue about this. Until then, maybe rethink your position. Genuinely, maybe rethink your position. But, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. Hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. Let me know what you guys think in the chat as well. Uh, we have so much more to talk about here on Real Take Sports Talk Live here on YouTube. By the way, a reminder to everyone who's listening right now, we are doing our Game 1 reaction video uh, for the NBA Finals immediately following the stream. I believe, actually, no, we're going to be live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at YouTube.com forward slash Real Take Sports. So check us out then. Let's move on and talk about some lighthearted news from the world of football. This actually did make me... It made me really happy to see because uh, we, we lost a great man back in December that, you know, I, I actually did a video about this, uh, about John Madden's life. And this is an even better one. Like, th this is a tribute that it puts mine to shame. And that, that is, yes, that is me, even in all my vanity, uh, uh, saying that. So let's talk about it. John Madden, yes, John Madden will be on the cover of Madden 2023. Of course, John Madden passed away this past December, and Madden and EA Sports thought that the best way to pay tribute to the man who was the namesake of the most successful football franchise, uh, the most successful football video game franchise in existence, was to put him on the cover there. You can see the all-Madden edition of the cover which is just absolutely great. Uh, I I love the back. Or are we? Dan Snyder is the worst owner in professional sports. You gotta love technical difficulties. Anyway, 
Um, or we're just, we'll just take it from the top. Uh, in homage to the man who is the namesake of the most successful video game franchise in existence, Madden NFL 2023 will feature John Madden on the cover for the first time since the year 2000. When asked about this, the executive producer of the Madden NFL video game said the following, uh, quote, we were thinking about this year's video game and who was going to be on the cover and who and it almost became an obvious answer. He went on to say, I say that because we really wanted to celebrate coach in the product this year and what he's meant to for us for 30 plus years. So John Madden gracing the cover of the Madden 2023 video game. The Hall of Fame coach, of course, passed away December 28th of this year and He's going to be on the covers of all three editions, which I think is a really cool thing for them to do. Uh, it's also the first time, and again, in two decades that he's been on the cover. So let me just say this. Class job by EA Sports. Genuinely, this is this is awesome. I know there was a lot of talk about, ooh, maybe Josh Allen should deserve the cover. Or maybe, you know, uh, someone else should. Maybe Kyler Mer uh, No. Or, or Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. No. This year... The right after the passing of, if you're talking about winning percentage, the most winningest coach in football history, if you're talking about the about what he meant for a team, you could argue one of, if not the greatest coach in NFL history. I know Bill Belichick is probably the greatest in a lot of people's book, including mine. But John Madden ain't too far off on on a lot of people's lists. And and the guy who literally like say what we want about you know a lot of us obviously didn't grow up watching John Madden coach. But we did grow up with John Madden. We did grow up listening to him. Every Sunday or Monday night, we'd hear John Madden's iconic voice. Boom! Break down a play. Break down a scheme. And tell us exactly what's going on. And make it translatable. Like, John Madden was one of the first people who truly made the game planning and 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 the, the scheming of football translatable to the average viewer. Which really wasn't done before, you know. Is that it, it used to be? I've each uh, United to have each touchdown. It used to be the the old Joe Buck way of doing things. The old Joe Buck way of doing things was just like dig sideline touchdown. No, but John Madden, he was the color. He was like boom. You see this guy go here. Boom. You see that guy to go there. And I and we all loved it. And on top of that, there was no better person to have as the head or the the, the face, I should say, of a video game franchise. Mad the, the term Madden, the name Madden, is synonymous not only with football, but pop culture. It transcended the sport. It transcended the sport into a place where there are people who genuinely don't watch football. They know who John Madden is. They know what Madden is. That is a really powerful thing. And it really speaks to the man that John Madden was and the legacy that he has left, a legacy that is going to be lasting long after he's gone, likely long after a lot of us are gone. So, what do I think of this? I think this is absolutely amazing. I think it's the right decision. You could have gone with Josh Allen. You could have gone with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Joe Burrow. But at the end of the day, I feel like we all knew that the right guy was John Madden. If it's in the game, it's in the game. That's all I got to say about that. 
John Madden, iconic coach. I mean, what more can you say? There, there really isn't much more to say. Um, guys, let me know what you guys think about Madden being on the cover of Madden. <laughs> Love that. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. So let's move on from this and talk about a little bit more about football. This is basically turning a real take football talk, but we'll continue on with the football talk. And let's get to the Minshew moment. Gardner Flint Minshew II is a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. He is the backup behind Jalen Hurts. There's a lot of people, including myself, who've been arguing that Minshew should be an NFL starter somewhere, that he deserves an opportunity after everything that he has done in his career. And if you're asking what has he done in his career, I will read out the stat line, which surprises a lot of people whenever I I tell them this. Like, there, there's a lot of people who don't realize what Minshew's NFL stat line is, and they, they become perplexed about why he doesn't have a chance to start. 22 NFL starts, 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, nearly 6,000 yards, just shy of 6,000 yards passing, a 62.3% completion percentage. And on top of that, we're looking at what? What is it? 7.3 yards per attempt. So Gardner Minshew, no spring chicken either. He's He's been, actually, he's still a bit of a spring chicken. He's only played for three years. But he knows football. He's played in a lot of games. His first year, his rookie year, should have won rookie of the year over Kyler Murray. I will stand by that. 20 touchdowns to six interceptions. Six and six as a starting quarterback for a team that everyone thought was going nowhere. Tell me I'm wrong about that. Look at Kyler Murray's stats. Look at Kyler Murray's team. Look at Kyler Murray's record that year. Put it against Minshew. The answer is obvious. Minshew should have won Rookie of the Year. Now, we're not here to relitigate that. We're here to talk about what his future might be and and what he could do for an NFL team. There's one NFL team that comes to mind, and it is the Seattle Seahawks. They're a team that right now, the their starting quarterback, I believe, on the roster is Drew Locke. Like you have a you have a competition between Drew Locke and Geno Smith going into training camp. Wouldn't hurt to get an extra arm in there. Wouldn't hurt to get an experienced arm in there. Wouldn't hurt to get a guy who has outplayed both of them in his career, to say the least. Who's probably very cheap. Like here's the thing: if I'm the Eagles, I under like I understand their position of they don't know whether they're all in on Jalen Hurts, but in all likelihood, let's say. If they are not all in on Jalen Hurts by the end of this year, they're going to draft a quarterback. We know that. It's not going to be. It's not like Gardner Minshew's going to miraculously come out of the woodwork and and win the starting job. He like we saw a guy in in Case Keenum for the Minnesota Vikings take the team to the NFC title game farther than they have went under almost any quarterback outside of Brett Favre in decades, and yet still they moved on from him. And I believe, like, a lot of people view Gardner Minshew in the same vein. He's, like, he's a B-plus player. You know, he's a really good hand. He's a really good backup quarterback. When in reality, my player comp for Gardner Minshew is Alex Smith. Who kind of had that same weird feel about him, I think. that, That GMs thought that he was a really good game manager. 
which is I, I always hated the bad connotation with, with the term game manager because that's literally your job as a quarterback to manage the game. That is a, literally your job as a quarterback. You manage the game. Whether you're good or bad, that is the job description. Yes, every quarterback is a game manager. But being a good one and being a bad one, there is a difference. And Gardner Minshew definitely falls on the good one side. Okay? We can all agree on that. When he's given a chance to start, when he's given a chance to play, he plays very good. This past year, he had a 300-yard, three-touchdown performance as the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles when Jalen Hurts was out. So... Again, people are going to have their connotations. The, the reason that GMs hate Gardner Minshew, the reason that GMs are so so unimpressed with what Gardner Minshew has done so far is because, one, he played on the Jacksonville Jaguars, which people at the time viewed as just a do-nothing team, which they were. They were a trash team. They were a do-nothing team. They assumed that all his stuff was in garbage time, which if you look at the stuff, it wasn't. Most of, most of his, not like, most of his stuff didn't come in garbage time. He was in a, a lot of times. He was the reason they were in games. Didn't matter though. Doesn't matter to GMs because a lot of them view football in a reductive way. This dude, on top of being a good game manager, is also a great leader. Players love to play for him. Players respect him. He's got that fire. He gets that team fired up. Go look at his stuff when he was in college. He was the bona fide leader of that team. You've got the, you've also got an opportunity, by the way, if you're an NFL team. That mustache is profitable. Look at that. The aesthetic is profitable. For whatever that's worth. But let's stick to the football. This is a dude who, when the play breaks down, he can get out of the pocket and make a play. Does he have the strongest arm in the NFL? No. Is he accurate? Mm-hmm. Yep. Does he got tenacity? Yep. Can he move around the pocket? Yep. Can he move around outside the pocket? Yep. Is he clutch? Yep. What box? What other box do you want him to tick? What other box do you want him to tick? All the intangibles you could want that I just listed out, this guy has. Outside of a spectacular arm. Like, like I'm talking about... Pat Mahomes or, or uh, you know, like, like one of those, Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers. No. His arm isn't as strong as those guys, obviously. Everything else is as strong, though. And, I, and that's not even saying he has a weak arm. I, I'm just sick of the reductive lack of appreciation and lack of... of Acknowledgement of Gardner Minshew the second, Gardner Flint Minshew the second. Acknowledge him, people. Acknowledge him, GMs. Acknowledge him, NFL. Hashtag acknowledge him, NFL. Make that trend, somebody, somewhere. Um, but look, I think Seattle's a team that obviously makes sense to have Minshew. Do I think that they're that they're going to end up trading for him? No, because. I think that Seattle probably has their eye on other people. They probably have their eye on the 2023 NFL draft, which I get why. But you're telling me you don't want to take a chance on a guy who can still develop into something really, really good? Especially when you have a void of leadership on your team? 
Just saying. Just saying. Anyway, guys, let's move on and talk about this week's, by the way, th- this is like my new favorite segment because I just get to rant. Like, I mean, I know I'm ranting most of the time when I'm doing these solo shows, which we're trying to change. Don't worry. Uh, but I know I'm ranting most of the time when I do these solo, solo shows, but I have literally created another segment that is specifically generated for me to rant. So, Guys, let's talk about this week's Snowflake of the Week. It's my favorite segment. Have I told you guys that yet? This week's! Ooh. <coughs> let's give myself a drink there. Needed that. This week's Snowflake of the Week goes to Jason Whitlock of the Blaze, who made some really, really out there comments on Twitter this past week when talking about first responders and the unfortunate uh, shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Jason Whitlock, many of you may remember to be the sports analyst on both ESPN and FS1. He had that show with Marcellus Wiley. Uh, that I thought was really good. Granted, he was the weakest part of that show, but I thought it was it was a really good show. Um, and he he would he was always kind of you know kind of always kind of being a contrarian voice. Uh, ever since then, he has now joined the Blaze, and he's of course doing what grifters do, which is just talking about things that get people on the right riled up and people on the left riled up and distract them from the real issues. But let's talk about this. He had some really, really, really bad stuff to say. It was just objectively bad takes here. So here's the first tweet from uh, Jason Whitlock. This is right after the shooting took place. It says, quote, I'm not defending the actions of the officers, but we've demonized law enforcement to the point that far fewer there are far fewer rewards for being a hero and for taking risks. When your culture makes George Floyd the hero, real heroes stand down. Culture rot has consequences. Okay. So, Snowflake Whitlock right there. Here's the thing. If you take, if you take that, if you take that, uh, that George Floyd comment out of it, I don't agree with it, personally. But, okay, you are making an argument. The second you mention a person who was murdered by the state, literally murdered by government. Like, say what you want. He was murdered by government. That is what George Floyd is. And try to drag him in all of this. You lose a lot of people. You lose a lot of people who are who he would even agree with you. You genuinely do. So that's the first Snowflake thing. But it wasn't over because Snowflake Whitlock was at it again. And he just couldn't stand down he went on to say for those of you who watched the wire george floyd was not bubbles the lovable well-intentioned dope friend floyd was michael's stepdad okay as someone who's watched the wire and it is does it get any more disrespectful for like like think about this you're taking shots at a dead man dude you're taking shots at a dead man you're the same dude, by the way, who says sports and politics don't mix, right? Right? You're the same dude who says sports and politics don't mix. You're always conflating the two. You're always talking about the two together. 
You're the same person who says that Colin Kaepernick shouldn't take a knee. But when someone calls you out for BS like this, what, what's the first thing you do? You talk about the First Amendment, right? You talk about freedom of speech, freedom of expression. Snowflake Whitlock wasn't done there. Pull up tweet number three. There it is. Our culture has moved in such a negative direction in the, in the last decade. I'm not sure first responders would run up to the World Trade Centers today. Cultural rot has consequences when you make heroes out of people who contribute nothing and demonize those who risk everything. By the way, this was in response to the Uvalde police shooting. Or sorry, the Uvalde shooting where police stood by as 19 children were being murdered and a teacher as well. In addition to that, he obviously mentioned the gross, like grossly mentioned, I should say, the 9-11 first responders by saying, I'm not sure that they would run up to the World Trade Centers today, which is a dumb argument. You know why? Because they did. The towers were burning. The Pentagon was burning. Yet those first responders still went in there. And to bring their name up, and I don't care if you're trying to make some, some deeper point by bringing this up. No, what you're trying to do is to be a provocative dick. You're trying to be a provocative dick. And what you're doing, you're dragging people. You're dragging George Floyd and his family. George Floyd, who was murdered. You're dragging these first responders who gave their lives to protect people, to get people out of those towers. And you stand for first responders? You, you allegedly stand with people, right? With, with, with people who risk their lives. And you're defending the people who wouldn't go in and protect kids from getting murdered? You're defending those people by dragging the people who actually did save people's lives. Cultural rot has consequences. That's for damn sure, Jason Whitlock. And it's because of people like you. It's because of people like you who have to be provocative to be relevant. It's because of people like you who have to be hypocritical to be relevant. It's because of people like you who have to be snowflakes. Little, insecure snowflakes to be relevant. Anyone who can hear me right now and genuinely listens to this guy and give his shitty opinions. And I, hey man, I've done my own research, Jason Whitlock. Oh, I know your opinions on a lot of things. Buddy, you're wrong. You're wrong on a lot. And it's just sports opinions. Your sports opinions, my G, they were not great. It's probably a good thing that you left the sports world because no one really respected you in that world. And now you're trying to make a transition into news. You're trying to make a transition into political commentary. And you say BS like this. You say the most offensive crap you can think of just to be relevant. It really shows you how far we've come as a society. Cultural rot has consequences. And the consequences are that people pay money to this guy so we can put his stupid opinions out on the air 
contradict himself multiple times, and just be an offensive dick. Snowflake of the week, Jason Whitlock, and this this was a deserved one. I like here's the thing. This award, so here's the thing. This award was created. This whole segment was created a while back uh, to to kind of make light of some things. I did, but you know, sometimes I think it's it's like we did today. It's gonna be used to highlight just absolutely abhorrent behavior for people who are in the sports media sphere too. So, Jason Whitlock, enjoy your award. Moving on, more lighthearted stuff. Let's talk about Baker Mayfield. Uh, the former former first overall pick, Baker Mayfield's future is in doubt. He has not shown up to OTAs for the Browns as of yet, and it's likely that he's not going to show up. The Browns obviously traded for Deshaun Watson and that has made Baker Mayfield's future in Cleveland non-existent. Everyone knows he's either going to be released or traded. It's just a matter of one time and two, which one it's going to be. There's still the option to trade him. Now, when you think about it, the Browns, I, I think it's so weird. The Browns still kind of want a haul for Baker Mayfield, even though he's probably not worth anything more than maybe, I'd say, maximum a second-round pick. Like, here's the thing. If... If Carson Wentz can go for a second round and a third round pick, then Baker Mayfield can go for the same, if not a little more. But it, it also is a matter of what team, one, needs Baker Mayfield and wants Baker Mayfield. I really don't know if there's a team that genuinely wants Baker Mayfield to play this year and beyond. I could think of maybe a few teams that might want to take a chance on him down the line. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one because, again, Tom Brady, he's got this big contract with Fox. He's got this these outside commitments. He already retired and came back to the NFL for one more ride, allegedly. Let's say Brady is coming back for one year. Have Baker Mayfield learn behind the greatest of all time for a year and then have him be the guy. That's not a bad option. But the thing that complicates all of this even more is Baker Mayfield's going into the final year of his deal. And we don't know whether or not Baker Mayfield is going to get an extension. And the other bigger question is Baker, we obviously know, wants a max contract. He wants, like, big money. Is he going to get paid $50 million? No. Is he going to get paid $40 million a year? No. Is he going to get paid $30 million a year? I'm not even sure. What is Baker Mayfield's worth in this NFL? That's a, that is going to be the biggest question to answer in all of this. What is his worth? And that's the biggest question we're going to find the answer out to uh, eventually. So one way or another, we're going to find that answer. It might not be the answer Baker is looking for. It might not be the answer the Browns are looking for. It might not be the answer that other teams are looking for. But that's it. Um, as far as where he would land, Carolina has always been a place that people really think Baker could end up in. The reason is because they've just traded for, you know, struggling or backup QB um, after backup QB, after struggling QB, and tried to make it tried to make it work. They did it with Teddy Bridgewater. They tried it with um, Sam Darnold. I don't know if I'm Matt Rule, no relation to Jaw. 
I don't know if I would try that one more time, knowing the way it's turned out. And the Panthers at this point seem pretty gung-ho with going with Sam Darnold and probably drafting a quarterback in the ne in next year because they know they're not they're probably not going to go far with Sam Darnold. And it whittles your options down after that because you have a team in Seattle that we know 100% needs a quarterback, but that's also a team where they're going to have to pay Baker Mayfield, commit to him long-term, um, also trade away picks. By, by the way, they got picks from that Russell Wilson deal, but do you really want to trade away those picks, pay him, and commit to him long-term? When you have an option, like, they're going to have the ammo to move up and get a young quarterback. They have the ammo to move Like There's going to be at least four quarterbacks picked in next year's uh, top 10. Seattle's a team that has the ammo next year to move up. That w If I'm the Seattle Seahawks, I am not trading for Baker Mayfield unless it's like a sixth-round pick. If I can get it, if I trade a sixth, fifth, fourth, uh, no, not a fourth, a fifth round pick for Baker Mayfield, and the Browns say yes, sure, bring him in. I'm not paying him though. That he can't, like you can't do it if you're Seattle. I know HMO is in the chat. By the way, what's up? HMO is in the chat, but no, it can't be Seattle. They have they are they have too much committed in their future to go all in on Baker Mayfield. Like, they have an opportunity to take Rattler. They have an opportunity to take uh, Bryce Young. They have an opportunity to take any of the great quarterbacks that are going to come out next year. They can't. I I'm sorry. You can't go with Mayfield. You can't. You can't. It's just, it's not a good move for the franchise. Um, like, outside of that, I mean, you're, you're, Again, your 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 answers or my answers are dwindling. Like, do the was does the Washington Commanders need a quarterback? They always seem to need a quarterback. Sure, uh, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things that I don't think that there is the perfect place for Baker Mayfield. The fact that he wasn't a part of the Houston deal that was like the most damning thing because it's like, man, they couldn't even package Baker or Mayfield in to one of the most, if not the most quarterback needy team in the NFL. They couldn't even package him in and they were trading multiple first round picks to take Deshaun Watson off the Texans' hands. They couldn't even be like, hey, can you just take the guy? No? Okay. Like, the, like that should be the most damning indictment of, of Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I could see a situation where maybe he gets traded to the Colts and sits behind Matt Ryan. Like, that's the most likely scenario if he even gets traded. I think he's just going to end up getting released. I genuinely think Baker Mayfield's just going to end up getting released. They're going to eat the money. They're going to eat the money anyway. But you just eat the money, you cut the contract, you cut ties, and you let him swim. Like, is he good enough to be on the roster? Absolutely. Baker Mayfield's going to be on an NFL roster in 2022. I just don't know what team that's going to be, and how he's going to get there. Him being traded at this point, a, in, a major injury would have to happen, or a team would have to be Billy King and pull a very dumb move. Like, like th There's no in-between there in my eyes. Um, but we'll see what ends up happening with Baker Mayfield. Uh, guys, hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell. HMO Podcast is in the chat. What's up, HMO? says, Warriors in seven. Rooting for the Celtics, though. I got Warriors in six. I think that this is the best matchup a team could have against the Warriors, and I still think the Warriors are going to dominate this series, uh, barring an injury. 
barring an injury, which I know at this point is very, very taboo to say when it comes to the Warriors in the playoffs or in the in the finals because of what happened last time. But I don't know. I, I just do not. I, I just don't see a team beating the Warriors. And if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, I'm going to be very happy and very entertained because I love good basketball people. Don't get it twisted. I love good basketball. Let's move on and talk about my boy, my the man, the myth, the legend, Lamar Action Jackson. Oh, that's my boy, though. I love Lamar. Um, but does he love the Ravens? Uh, not too sure. No, he of course he does. He loves Baltimore. Um, but there has been a lot made of Lamar Jackson's status with the Baltimore Ravens. The former MVP, former Pro Bowler, of course, his contract is coming up. The Baltimore Ravens and him have tried to come to the table for a contract talk. Lamar actually walked away and said, hey, let's wait on this. Let's hold on this. He has not reported to OTAs as of yet. And this has caused many to be very outraged at the fact that Lamar Jackson is not at OTAs. He's not agreeing to a contract. He's leaving Baltimore, people are saying. I'm going to take a page out of Aaron Rodgers' book real quick and hit you guys all with a big breathe. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. All right? Lamar Jackson is not showing up to OTAs not because he doesn't want to not because he doesn't want to be on the Ravens, not because he's angry about his contract. Lamar Jackson is not at OTAs because he's Lamar Jackson. He doesn't need to be at voluntary OTAs. He doesn't need to show up and and risk injury. He doesn't need to show up and do something that maybe Maybe he's all, like, right now we know he's working out, by the way. Like, anyone who's saying, like, oh, he's sitting on the couch. He's playing Madden. He's going out partying. Anyone who's saying that is a, is a goddamn liar. Well, Lamar Jackson's doing right now. He's down in Miami. He's with his trainer. He's doing his thing, which is exactly what a lot of other veteran quarterbacks do, by the way. Tom Brady, what does he do? You think Tom Brady's showing up to OTAs? Tom Brady showing up to OTAs? No, he's over there with Doctor TB12 doing drinking his I don't know his those those weirdly colored shakes that he drinks. Those are weird colors, like those trippy colors that Tom Brady has in his drinks. But drinking those drinks, staying young at 45, got the fountain of youth in the palm of his hands. Lamar Jackson not showing up to OTAs is a non-factor. Lamar, here's the thing about Lamar and, and the contract. Lamar wants to get paid. He doesn't want to get paid top quarterback money. He wants to get paid the top quarterback money. And barring an injury, I genuinely don't see Lamar Jackson not getting that. I don't. He's too good. He's too uh, he's too efficient as a passer throughout his career. But People want to say, oh my God, he's such a... He doesn't know how to pass the ball. He's a running back, right? He's a running back is what they say. A running back who, by the way, in 2019, led the NFL in touchdowns. Led the NFL in touchdown passes. A running back who won the MVP, the unanimous MVP, as a quarterback. 
running back who has, in his career, all he does is win. He goes down. What happens to that Baltimore Ravens team? And I know, by the way, Baltimore was dealing with so many injuries. Like, like my Ravens were done. Decimated on defense before the season even began. Decimated in the backfield before the season even began. But he, but, with, but he was the thing that kept it all upright. Lamar Jackson had the rotting corpse of the Baltimore Ravens at 8-3. and three, Number one seed in the AFC before he got injured and the season took a downward spiral. Before that, the dude has the dude leads the team to the playoffs. They get a big playoff win in Tennessee. Year before that, 14 and 2. The year before that, Ravens start 4 and 5. Lamar Jackson single-handedly saves that team, saves John Harbaugh's job, changes football forever. Because now Lamar Jackson proved that you can have that type of guy be successful in the NFL. Last year was the first year he got hurt. The ankle didn't heal right. It's fine now. And all reports indicate that Lamar Jackson is ready to go, ready to roll 100%, no holding back next year. There is no question in my mind that if he does not get a catastrophic injury, Lamar Jackson, which by the way, we should say about any quarterback, like, I love how we have to qualify. Lamar is the only quarterback where we have to qualify, oh, if he doesn't get injured. As if Josh Allen isn't at risk for injury with how much he runs. But no, wait, Josh Allen, we don't view Josh Allen in the same light as Lamar Jackson. Why is that? Think about it. At the end of the day, Lamar Jackson will get paid. When that happens, though, is to be seen. Obviously, he does not want to come to the table on, on, on a deal right now because maybe the Ravens aren't offering him top, top, top money. But which, by the way, if I'm the Ravens, you're going to have to pay him eventually. Uh, and by the way, like, here's the thing. Like, anyone who says, oh, when Lamar Jackson hits unrestricted free agency, he is not going to hit unrestricted free agency for at least another three years. At least another three years. Why? Fifth-year option. Franchise, franchise, Ravens aren't letting him go. They're going to end up having to pay him probably close to $50 million, $40, $50 million on those franchise tags, especially that second year he gets franchised, if he gets franchised. But that doesn't mean that he's somehow going to become an unrestricted. They're not going to let him walk away. And I don't think Lamar wants to walk away. He has a coach that believed in him since day one, an organization that believed in him since day one, the, what, the only organization that believed in him. All those teams passed on Lamar Jackson. He was the 32nd pick of the first round in 2018. The Ravens saw an opportunity to take him and made a, make a statement. They could have gotten Lamar Jackson in the second round. They could have gotten him. But they made a statement by making him a first-round pick. They went all in and said, hey, we might have Joe Flacco right now, but this is our guy. This is the future of not only the Baltimore Ravens, but professional football. That's what they did when they made him a first-round pick. Lamar Jackson, as controversial as he is as a, as a player, as, as polarizing. I love that word, polarizing, right? He's a polarizing player because he runs too much. Lamar Jackson is the most skilled player in football, P.
period. Quarterback, wide receiver, running back, kicker, don't care what you want to say, it's Lamar. And he's proved it year in, year out, and he's going to continue to prove in year in, year out. Because he's the guy. There are kids these days, there are kids growing up right now who are going to wear number eight. They're going to be wearing number eight. Number, you're going to see a lot of people. Ten years from now in the NFL, there's going to be a lot of people wearing number eight. Just like there were a lot of people who said, hey, I want to wear number 18. Hey, hey, I want to wear number 12. Because Lamar Jackson. So, say what you want, guys. He's here to stay, and he's going to get paid. He is going, Lamar Jackson, bold prediction time. Lamar Jackson will be the highest paid player in professional football at some point. I don't know when it will be, but it will happen. Book it. Take it to the bank. That's an all-time real take. Uh, we got Kashawn Garrett in the chat saying, is Aaron Rodgers going to stay with the Green Bay Packers? So he just signed a three-year deal, I believe, $150 million. That, yes. The answer to that is yes. Barring a retirement, barring uh, an agreed-upon trade, Aaron Rodgers will be a Green Bay Packer for at least the next three years. I don't see them moving on from him because Jordan Love especially has proven that he is not the guy. Jordan Love has proven that he just does not, I don't think, and this is this is not a not me trying to bury Jordan Love. I just don't think he has the ability right now to be a long-term NFL starter. Uh, he needs a lot of time to develop. He, I think, I don't know what they're doing in Green Bay as far as his development goes, but from what I saw against the Chiefs defense, who up until that point had been lethargic throughout the season, I don't know. I I, I don't know what's going on over there in Green Bay with with their with the way they're developing quarterbacks, because he just did not play well. He just did not look. He didn't look poised. Like that that's the biggest thing you can tell with a young quarterback. Uh, they can play bad. Like we like. Here's the thing. Trevor Lawrence, his stat lines weren't good. His stats weren't good. His winning percentage wasn't good. The team wasn't great. He looked poised, though. He looked poised, and not, it didn't phase him, the fact that they were losing. It wouldn't phase him when he threw, when he threw a pick. With, just, with, with Jordan Love, it looked like almost every time he, he was phased by being on the field. And he had these great options. He had Aaron Jones. He had Devontae Adams. He had everyone healthy. So what was it? It was Jordan Love. It was the fact that he just wasn't ready. And it was against a team that, again, I said that Chiefs defense, like they at that up until that point in the season, they were really bad. They were really, really bad. So we'll see what happens there, guys. Hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Happy trails to the greatest journeyman quarterback in the history of professional football. Happy trails to good old Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick retired from the NFL this week after a prolific career in professional football. He, he last played with the Washington Commanders this past season. He got injured, was unable to play throughout the regular season. A former seventh round pick in 2005 with the St. Louis Rams. Fitzpatrick has played for, let's count it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine teams in 
over 16, 17, 17 seasons in the NFL and made a name for himself, 223 touchdowns, 169 interceptions, almost 35,000 yards on the dot passing, 60% completion percentage, over 2,000 rushing yards, and 21 touchdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick, if there's any journeyman quarterback, any journeyman quarterback that makes a case to be a Hall of Famer for just being a journeyman quarterback, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. And look, I know that there's people, there is a dynamic. The dichotomy of Fitzpatrick is not lost on me. We've seen a lot of Fitz magic in our time. And we saw it in in, uh, 2020 with the Miami Dolphins when he nearly led that team to the, the, not to the Super Bowl, but to the playoffs by just coming in in relief of Tua Tagovailoa and making immaculate plays. We saw it in Tampa Bay for a little bit. We saw it in New York. 30 touchdowns that one year. Jets were 10-6 and six and missed the playoffs. Which is, by the way, Ryan Tannehill. Or sorry, not Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Part of two 10-6 teams that ended up make, missing the playoffs. It's crazy. You can't write this stuff. The dude never played in a playoff game. But ever since he had that... Like, I think it was what, 2011, 2010, 2011. One of those years. It was a year with the Buffalo Bills where they started off pretty hot. I think they were like, they were like uh, six and two or something. And Fitzpatrick was just playing lights out. And everyone was just raving about, oh my God, Fitzpatrick, he's the next guy. He got a big contract. And then he goes to Tennessee. Then he goes to Houston. He comes in for a few games. Um, then he goes to the New York Jets. And they have an immaculate year with Brandon Marshall uh, as well. Next year isn't too great. He goes to Tampa Bay. In relief of Jameis Winston, we see Fitzpatrick put up some insane numbers. Like, he had, like, multiple games of five touchdowns. Fitzpatrick also had one of the best, most stripped-out press conferences in NFL history right there, wearing Deshaun Watson, or Deshaun, uh, sorry, Deshaun Jackson, I should say, uh, his chain and his shirt. Uh, Like, he's a guy who, the beard is iconic, the touchdowns are iconic, the interceptions are just as iconic, and... The the ballad of Fitzpatrick will be told. Like I know there's a lot of journeyman quarterbacks out there in NFL history. No hate on Vinny Testaverde, who I thought uh, at one time was the greatest journeyman quarterback of all time. It's been written. It's Fitzpatrick. There has been no one more successful as a journeyman in this league than Fitzpatrick. There have been people who have been on more teams. Talking to you, Josh Johnson. But there's no one like Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, who has had the the high highs and the low lows. And the only thing that we can say, the only, the biggest thing that we can say, honestly, is it's just it just sucks that we never got to see what he could do in the playoffs. And granted, he, well, he didn't have a great winning percentage, 59 wins, 87 losses, and a tie. But Man, it just would have been, it, it would have been electric. Win, lose, touchdown, pick, it would have been electric. But happy trails to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Have a happy retirement. You deserve it. Guys, we're heading down the home stretch. Actually, this is the home stretch. We're past the home stretch. Hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We got another stream to do tonight. We're going to be talking about the NBA Finals. We're going to be covering the NBA Finals, I should say, reacting to it. YouTube.com forward slash Real Take Sports. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Real Take Sports. Instagram, Facebook, Real Take Sports Talk. 
Patreon.com forward slash Real Take Sports. Uh, follow me on Twitter at O M E R Q Show. Uh, submit your questions via email, realtakesportstalk at gmail.com. Again, realtakesportstalk at gmail.com. Subscribe. Hit that bell. Hit that like button. Leave a comment. Leave a chat. Leave a donation. Do what you want to do. But always remember to be happy, be healthy, and as always, keep it real.